Talking Travel today, Sally Lucas is taking us to, oh, it's a country that has an awful lot of mystery and legends and story or an area around it. That is the Middle East. We're also going to talk sustainable travel. We are talking travel, Sally Lucas. Oh, yes, the Middle East. Think of veils, think of camels, think of... Desert. Yes. (laughs) Think of the Nile, think Mm. of all sorts of areas. Of course, the Middle East is, as you know, Jane, is such a huge area. And I guess if you're looking at it, you've got the the Persian Gulf on one side, the Red Sea on the other, and then this incredible landmass which contains like Jordan, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, which are all in the United Arab Emirates, of course, Oman and Yemen. And then, of course, on the other side of the Red Sea, you've got Sudan and Egypt. And, of course, opposite of the Persian Gulf is Iran, etc. So I thought we'd talk about more that, that block of land in the middle between the two seas today, that part of the Middle East. Um, and as you know, Jane, we do have friends that live in Oman and who used to live in Dubai. So we have been there a couple of times. And I really find Oman in particular a most interesting, interesting country. Um, I guess because it isn't as brash, if that's quite the word, as as Dubai or Abu Dhabi, who just love building new, bigger, taller, better, etc. Even though there are still small pockets of the old souks and so on, they are very modern metropolises now. Um, we should go to Oman and it's nothing like that. So, for example, you don't go to Oman for nightlife because there virtually isn't any. It's for what you do during the day. And, of course, they still have, you know, they don't drink alcohol, etc., all that sort of stuff. Certain hotels, of course, are licensed. You need to check that if, you know, if you are wanting to enjoy a drink at the end of the day. Just make sure the hotel you're going to does have a a licence for alcohol. Um, Our friends, of course, they they do purchase alcohol, but it's it's really funny. They're they're not called, like we call them here, like... uh, a bottle shop or whatever, they're, they're called something entirely different. So if you were a visitor, you wouldn't even know that that's what that shop was. Mm. But they are only licensed to buy so much a month. They're limited as to how much alcohol they can they can purchase if you're a resident. And, of course, you can only drink it in your own home. Um, but having said all that, they have a lot of freedoms. Uh, women have always had the same freedoms as men there. Um, they don't have to wear the full-face burqa. Uh, they still wear the, the head headdress uh, on their head, of course, um, and they've always been allowed to drive to, they encourage them to, you know, go into the walk for, workforce rather to gain better education. Um, so it's a much freer community in that way, but also you've still got a lot of the old there, which is so fascinating as well. And the countryside, like when you go, to, for example, to Dubai, it's mainly just desert, obviously, and same with Abu Dhabi. But you go to Oman and you've got these incredible mountain ranges, just astounding mountain ranges, and they get snow, you know, up on the up on the high peaks of it. But just absolutely beautiful to visit and very steep, really steep. Still very dry? or it, It's dry, but it's also got pockets of greenery, depending what part of Oman you go to. So some of the parts to the north, a little bit more greener, a little bit more oases, if you like, than, than in the southern part around Muscat. Um, but the I just found that the mountains are these, these granite, massive, massive mountains. Um, and the, the drive up, it, it gets cooler and cooler. So you can be melting down below, you know, in the high 30s to 40, and you get up to the top uh, of the mountain range and you'd be needing, definitely needing a jacket 
mm-hmm. or a cardigan. It's, it's, I can't remember the height of them now. I should remember being there twice. We think I'd remember, wouldn't you? But they, they are very, very high, high mountains. enough to change the temperature. Definitely high enough to change the temperature. Um, and also, you, it's so high, they have the road is... Um, it was dirt once upon a time. I can't even imagine driving on it in dirt. It would have been so dangerous. So you have you're limited. Your speed limit is limited because of the precipitousness of these mountains. And also, they recommend that you really only are a four-wheel drive. And also, you must only travel in very low gear, first or second gear, when you're coming down. Mm. So they are precipitous, but they once you get up there, the view is magnificent. And if you're there at the right time of the year, they have all these beautiful rose gardens because they make a lot of rose water, and a lot of their sweets also have rose water in them. So rose is a very important part of their life, but they only grow on these wonderful terraces down from these mountains at a certain time of the year. And there's a lookout there named after Princess Diana because she went there and they took her up there to, to view the this wonderful display of roses and named the lookout after her, the Lady Diana lookout. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Of course, Dubai, as I said, a lot of people still love Dubai because they do love that brashness, if you like. Um, it doesn't come cheap, though. About the only thing that's cheap in Dubai are taxis um, and an exo metro and train service as well. Um, lots of shops, obviously. It's got huge shopping centres. You know, they've got the World Expo, that, which is on until we're just about finished now, March 31. Um, but then they've got, you know, the, the world, of course, the world's tallest building, of course, with the Burj Khalifa, as we all know, and just some amazing things to look at that astound you. But it's it's really in your face, I call it. But look, you can go dune bashing there as you can in Oman as well. So keep that in mind. You can also, which is quite something to do. Um, also, so you can, in Abu Dhabi, you can drive out um, to a village there and they, they take you on um, a camel train ride and do sand dune things. But, like, they've even got a, a Louvre in Abu Dhabi now. You know, they've, they have, as we know, the big car races go there now, incredible brand-new racetracks. You know, the only other Louvre that's not in Paris is in Abu Dhabi. So, you know, there's a lot to see and do in these places. I mean, most people only go for a couple of nights just to break the journey because obviously it's, it's a long way you're two-thirds of the way to Europe when you get to the Middle East and most people are going on to England or somewhere else not just specifically to the Middle East but you certainly could spend like we've spent you know a, a week at a time in Oman and you can certainly feel a week in because it's quite a large country and there's quite a lot to see and do. We're talking travel, Sally Lucas and I. And uh, Sally, well, it's not quite hot off the press, but it's pretty warm off the press, these news. It is, it is, Jane. And I think we're also excited, and not just travel agents, of course, but cruise passengers. The wait is over. After two years, we are now letting cruise ships come back into our country. So come May this year, um, there's some wonderful cruises starting out of Sydney and Brisbane, etc. So it's just so lovely to think that the people that are real cruise aficionados now, you know, before you're going to have to fly somewhere and then do your cruise, you know, but now, I mean, we had some small ships of our own down here, but nothing doing, of course, our Pacific region or anything like that. So it's just nice to know we've got another option now for our travel plan. So I think it's fantastic. Coming into Newcastle or not yet? Not yet. Mm. Not yet. Okay. So let's hope that still happens because we had great success with that, mm. except they were you know, reneged on building the terminal, so we won't go there, will we? Well, let's go somewhere else let's and go be somewhere. sustainable about it. Lighting a path for a better tomorrow. So this is a, just a topic I thought we'd talk about today because a lot of the companies out there now, you know, uh, are realising, like all of us, with climate change, etc., that we need to do things more sustainably 
and look after Mother Earth and look after our planet because I think she's been angry for a few years, actually. I don't think she's very happy with us at all. So anyway, yes, and I think it's wonderful that they support so many different um charities and organisations and one of them is called Trees for Travel um, and what they do is they plant trees and forests to remove CO2 from the air of course and some of the companies again with every passenger they book they'll plant a tree so that's really interesting as well um, and also like keeping the planet green as they're saying is another thing so they do the ocean cleanup as another one as another one of these organisations who are the, the, that one and the Trees for Travel are two leading um, champions of cleaner water and air and you could follow them yourself as well and just look at the companies who you know subscribe to helping them in in their you know their quest for making everything better and mm. for all of us and I mean some of the initiatives that they do as I said other than those two like uh, firefighter associations um, grizzly bear recoveries um, wildlife conservation network lion recovery fund uh, South African Parks Honorary Rangers, they support. Um, also, they uh, organisations through a, com a combination of holiday visits and donations like the Monkey Rehabilitation Centre in Brazil, the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, Baby Elephant and Rhino Rescue in Kenya, which I have adopted two elephants and I'm still been paying to adopt them. Uh, they're still, ba well, they're not babies, they're toddlers now, uh, <laughs> I suppose, because they live about the same age as we do. Mm. So they don't release them back into the wild and even then it's a protected wild uh, from where they are, the wildlife fund just out of um, out of Kenya, out of um, Nairobi. I'll get it right in a minute. And it's a fantastic place to go if and when you do eventually get back into East Africa. Do visit that uh, Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, and it was started by Daphne Sheldrick, who's since deceased, but her daughter has carried on the tradition. And they don't just uh, do the baby elephants now, as I said, they do rhinos as well. But just to see these baby elephants and their keeper sleeps with them with the blanket in the little enclosure and they feed them these huge massive buckets of milk with a teat on like a great these they get these big plastic recyclable bottles that they feed them with and just to be part of all that and also the other areas that they um, follow is the Chengdu research base of the giant panda the national kiwi conservation project in new zealand australian zoo wildlife hospital here and uh, the kangaroo sanctuary here and also they help people as well as uh, in other areas like the Landmine, you know, rural aid, um, orphanages in Cambodia, Mother Teresa's Missionaries of Charity, the Koto Hospitality Training Centre in Vietnam. And um, we've been there. It was an Australian slash Vietnamese mixed um, heritage person started this in Vietnam. You might know Jane of Koto. No one teach one. And they get the people off the streets or try and get you know, these kids off the streets and teach them how to cook and then go on to get them jobs. And you can eat their cafe there and be served by these wonderful kids that they've trained. It's an excellent, um, excellent. You know, Great initiative. Oh, wonderful initiative. Um, also, they schools in Cambodia, Tanzania, indigenous Amazon communities via lodge stays, Ecuador, Peru, etc. So, yes, look, just think about that. You know, when you're travelling now, think about maybe supporting a company who is helping us, you know, look after Mother Earth and nature and let us all be a little bit more sustainable. We are talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, on to a new RFM. And it's time to take a look at what's hot in the deals department of the current travel marketplace. What have you got for us today, Sally? Antarctica. We were talking about that off air, Jane, weren't we? And how the beloved little old polar pioneer we went on that was, nine, was it 9,000 tons and took 54 people? Such a small vessel when you think about it. But 
I'll never forget it. It was just a wonderful experience. Um, of course, she's no longer sailing, but there are various other vessels that are, of course, and Chimu Adventures have announced their 23-24 Antarctic season. is actually open for sale, and it does book out that far ahead that you do need to get in early, and that's in all seriousness, I'm saying that, you do. And if you're in a position to travel for that time of the year, they, if you get in now, they've got up to 15% off select departures. So get in quickly and you might be able to get a nice little bargain to go down to mm. Antarctica. Quite the opposite, Taste of the Rock, Uluru and Kings Canyon, complete opposite. Um, these are just some nice little short breaks, even if you're just driving and you want to take a little break um, or flying. They're anything from two nights to four nights and where you can stay at the Ayers Rock Resort at Sales in the Desert in a superior room, you do the Sounds of Silence dinner and you get a field of light pass in, in, into going that wonderful field of light exhibition which gives you a guided, self-guided walk you do there during the night and of course the Sounds of Silence dinner, anyone that's ever done it just, just raves. It's just such a wonderful experience. The food is excellent, but you've got that wonderful night sky that is just so brilliant out there, of course. Desert Gardens, there's one where you stay at the Desert Gardens Hotel as well, which is not quite as upmarket as the, obviously, the sales in the desert. And there's another one staying at Apartments, which is self-contained. So these are all two-night packages, and they range from around about eight between eight and nine hundred dollars but they've all got these same inclusions in them and there's another one that's doing Uluru and Kings Canyon and of course Kings Canyon is just magnificent so you have a couple of nights there as well as a couple of nights um, it is rock again with those same inclusions and that starts from around about seven sixteen hundred dollars if you're thinking of traveling overseas like one of those delightful places if you're thinking of maybe for a couple honeymoon or a diving and snorkeling aficionado of course the wonderful islands that are um, my words have gone out of me today Jane the Maldives, I'll get it out in a minute the Maldives or Mal Maldives they've got various um, packages if you book by one of them you've got to book by the 31st of March which I know is only next week but a couple of the other three packages, one of them you can book by 15 April and the other two as long as you book by 30 June you're getting lots of wonderful inclusions like 15% discount on the room rates at four of these different properties and including some of them uh, wine, sparkling wine and cookies, complimentary sunset cruise, a dinner at a restaurant. Um, you get half board at all of them, like breakfast and one other meal. And one of them's even got a 30% discount on the room rates as well. So there's quite a lot at the Maldives now with some great packages. Air is separate, um, as I said, and you've got you get your return transfer though from Marley from the airport, and you're getting seven nights accommodation, meals as specified or whatever the extras in the packages. So that's another great one if you're thinking of a real relax, just to get away from it all. And back home again, Tasmania is always on everyone's bucket list. I think these days, if they haven't been there, even if they have, everyone always wants to go back to Tassie. It's just such a delightful place. This is a nine-day Icons of Tasmania self-drive holiday, so you get nine days car hire in a Kia Rio, eight nights of hand-pick accommodation in three or four-star hotels, which is staying in Strawn, Cradle Mountain, Hobart, Freysenay National Park. So some lovely areas to visit, of course, and includes some entries into like Port Arthur, Gordon River Cruise, Wine Glass Bay Cruise with lunch, uh, breakfast at Cradle Mountain at the resort there. 
these again a book though by next week by the 31st of March uh, that one's just under $2,000 and there's another one doing the five day Freysenay experience walk so you get a night at the old wool store in Hobart and then you get a four day Freysenay small group guided walk which includes three nights at lodges along the way uh, your transfers from Hobart all meals including Tasmanian wine and spirit transfers national park passes sightseeing and of course your guides and that is just over $3,000 per person so there's lots out there at the moment Jane especially with the cruise market as I said coming online again there's going to be all sorts of exciting things happening for us in the cruise industry to look forward to as well as our usual lovely packages around Australia and we look forward to hearing more about that as we talk travel again next week next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM